Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Another stalemate in the month-long U.S.-China trade war after Beijing reportedly refused to give in to a demand by Washington in agricultural purchases. But as Ron Cruz tells us, China claims both countries are holding in-depth trade discussions. Confusion still lingering in the U.S.-China trade front after conflicting statements between the two nations. China has announced it is lifting restrictions on the import of poultry meat from the United States effective immediately. That move comes as Beijing and Washington engage in in-depth discussions over the so-called Phase 1 trade agreement. This has been confirmed by China's Commerce Ministry. It reiterates the need for both sides to cancel tariffs imposed on each other's goods in order for a deal to be reached. But the detailed plan in how to implement the tariff scheme hangs in the balance, as sources say Chinese negotiators are resisting a proposal from its American counterparts on providing a target for agricultural purchases. And the leaders of the economic giants are not helping ease jitters either. Earlier this week, U.S. President Donald Trump stirred trade war tensions anew when he said he would raise tariffs substantially on Chinese goods without such a trade deal. Following this, Chinese President Xi Jinping made a dire warning against mounting tariff threats. Speaking at the BRICS Business Forum in Brazil, she says protectionism and unilateralism are hurting international trade. He warns these mounting trade threats weigh down global growth. Protectionism and bullying practices emerge against the general trend, which impacted international trade and investment and intensified the downward pressure of the world economy. As the direct participant to the world value chain, I believe all of you here must have a profound understanding of this. For Pushandut, professor of economics and political science at INSEED, while he is optimistic the two countries could potentially close out a deal, there are some concerns to be considered. He says among these is the cycle of escalating trade tensions between the two countries sparked by tariff threats. Prior to the trade war, the average tariff that the U.S. imposed was about 3%. Today, it stands at 26%. So just scaling these back would be actually quite a big achievement. But we have to wait. Just uh, talking about a deal and advertising a deal is much easier than to actually signing a deal. So the best we can hope for is that there is no further escalation. The U.S. and China are working towards a so-called phase one deal to end their 16-month-long trade spat. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Here at home, Philippine shares extend losses, but having yet to react to the Philippine Central Bank's latest policy decision. As Michelle Long tells us, earnings season is also winding down. Another day, another tumble for Philippine shares ahead of the Philippine Central Bank's second-to-the-last policy meeting, widely expected to be a non-event. The rest of Asia mixed, as Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell indicated, U.S. rates won't be going anywhere. Trade uncertainties also weighing on investor sentiment. For the day, the PSE index lost 14 points, closing at 79.33. Well, I was actually a buyer in the blue chips today. I think the market's a bit overdone in the short term. We've been dropping for the last seven days. and. Uh, I think it's a possibility that we actually made a short-term bottom today. Several blue chips beating the deadline for the release of third-quarter results. 
GT Capital more than doubled its income in the third quarter to nearly 8 billion pesos, bringing first-half profit to 15.3 billion. The group saw strong contributions from Metrobank and faster-than-expected recovery of Toyota Motor Philippines. In the banking sector as a whole, there's a rebound because of uh, the, the interest rate environment. Uh, same with, with car sales because I think they're quite sensitive to any raise in interest rates. Meanwhile, Andretan's holding company, Alliance Global, also saw strong growth in the July to September period as all business segments performed well. Empedador, which is the world's biggest brandy maker, posted a 3% increase in attributable income, while GADC, which holds the exclusive franchise of McDonald's brand in the Philippines, showed exciting results up 18% to 1.2 billion pesos. Meanwhile, Enrique Dezon's gaming stock, Bloomberry, which is behind Solar Resorts and Casino, tripled profit in the third quarter to nearly 4 billion pesos, bringing net income for the first nine months of the year to 8.6 billion. And finally, not-so-jolly news from Jollibee. Earnings were down 8% in the third quarter and down 26% in the first nine months of the year. The JFC Group says sales growth in the Philippines at least helped offset flat sales overseas. Despite the gloomy numbers, Jollibee is confident the current profit challenges are short-term and is in fact looking forward to going back to profit next year. Still on Jollibee, it's forming a joint venture with Singapore-based Dim Sum PTE to expand and operate Dim Ho Wan in China. Jollibee will own 60% of the $13 million joint venture. For those already looking beyond the earnings season and into IPOs, well, Frutas Holdings has just priced its offering at 1 peso 68 centavos per share. That will allow it to raise as much as 1.01 billion pesos in the last IPO for the year. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. The Philippines Central Bank hits pause on monetary easing with the country's economy bouncing back. As Dina Ponteorig tells us, the Philippine economy is seen to improve even further. After three consecutive rate cuts this year, the Philippine Central Bank is keeping its benchmark interest rate unchanged at 4%. Not much of a surprise there as Philippine Central Bank Governor Benjamin Jokno had previously signaled an end to monetary policy easing for the rest of the year. That's after the country's economic growth recovered during the third quarter of 2019 and as inflation remained steady. A prudent pause in monetary adjustments will enable the cumulative 75 basis point reduction in policy rates as well as the cut in reserve requirement ratios to continue working their way through the economy. Going forward, the BSP will continue to monitor emerging price and output conditions to ensure that the monetary policy stance remains consistent with ensuring stable prices while supporting economic growth over the medium term. The central bank also expects the proposed national budget for 2020 to be passed within the year, further boosting the Philippine economy. The delayed passage of the 2019 General Appropriations Bill had been seen as one of the biggest factors to the slowdown in growth earlier this year. Finance Chief Carlos Dominguez is also confident the country can still achieve the government's full-year economic growth target of 6 to 7 percent. This despite international trade friction and other global headwinds. Dominguez says the bullish outlook is supported by the massive rollout of the Duterte administration's Build, Build, Build program and the bold policy and administrative reforms being undertaken by the government. 
Sharing the government's bright outlook for the country is investment advisor firm Lundgren's Capital. Its chief investment officer also believes the Philippines remains among the top investment destinations in Asia. The Philippines is what we call a A country, and that is the most preferred investment destinations um, like uh, China, U.S., uh, still Germany, U.K., other countries. And, of course, that indicates that I see the Philippines outperforming um, the majority of other emerging market countries. We prefer Asia uh, compared to Latin America uh, as number one. And we also see that uh, the Philippines could outperform like uh, Indonesia and Malaysia uh, looking into 2020. Manila's GDP grew at 6.2% from July to September, breaking two consecutive periods of slowdown. The local economy has to grow by 6.7% in the last three months of the year to reach the low end of government's full-year growth goal. Dino Pontiarig, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine government releases a revised list of infrastructure flagship projects under the Duterte administration's Build, Build, Build program. As Juan de Guzman tells us, the new list is now composed of 100 big-ticket projects instead of just 75. Government's new infrastructure flagship project list finally released to the public. There are a few key changes. 29 of the original 75 projects have been removed, including the 72.1 billion peso Bohol-Leyte Link Bridge and the 71.6 billion peso Mindanao Railway Project Phase 2. A total of 576 billion pesos of the original 2.4 trillion flagship project list was culled a quarter of the old list. However, the total value of the new list is significantly higher at 4.3 trillion pesos. The funding mix for that value has also changed significantly. In the old list, 83% of the projects was to be funded by Official Development Assistance or ODA from abroad. There were only nine public-private partnership projects. The new list has 29 PPPs, which account for 42% of the 4.3 trillion. The ODA share is now down to 53%. There is more information to be analyzed with the new list out. And that is why everyone is giving it a closer look, including the Senate. Minority Leader Senator Franklin Drilon has been a vocal critic of Build, 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 particularly the flagship projects, which he said was a dismal failure with only nine of 75 projects under construction based on the last update of the IFP list released in July. He has yet to review the new list, but he says the revisions, which are coming quite late in the Duterte administration, are telling. Hintayin po natin kung ano yung mga proyektong nawala dito sa original 75. Pagtingnan natin yung mga bagong dilagdag nila. Pangalawa, ibig pang sabihin eh, hindi nila pinag-isipan ng gusto yung unang 75 projects. Kailangan natin makita kung yung listahan na yon ng pinakamga importanteng proyekto, eh ano pa yon relevant pa yun ngayon. The new IFP list of 100 projects has been approved by the Investment Coordination Committee at the cabinet level. But Planning Secretary Ernesto Pernia has said the list is far from final. House lawmaker Joey Salceda has proposed President Duterte be given emergency powers to help speed up the implementation of Build, Build, Build. Malacanang welcomes the bill, saying right-of-way problems pose a big challenge for the completion of state projects as some landowners seek temporary restraining orders against government. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News.
And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.